Good evening, friend, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your weekend? It was good. I uh, got out to some... We're still here in uh, Indiana suffering through a global warming of 97 degrees. It's pretty terrible. But... Did you guys get any rain down there this past weekend? No. Just heat. Okay. It, it Actually, I mean, it was very hot, but it was beautiful. I mean, the, it was one of those huge, puffy cloud days through the weekend, you know, where it's just hot. And, th- and there's lots of breeze. Just when you're in the sun, it stings you. And when you're in the shade, it's fantastic. So, yeah, we got a big. Um, well, I was down in Indianapolis on Saturday. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. As I recall, I got down to that. Um, uh, well, those are details of that story, but. It was like 87 or something, and then when I got home, we had a big thunderstorm roll through. Our power went out for about an hour and a half Saturday oh. night, and then uh, I was on I was on high alert flood watch. Um, I think we've been doing the show long enough that the last time my parents' basement flooded, we were recording the show. Right. Um, yeah, because we started Klingons and Dragons after this. Yeah, and you, you, and you guys had to take shifts. Yeah, we had to cancel a play session of that for All right. for that. But um, there was not that much rain, but it was very cold and rainy all day Sunday, yesterday. And then today it's back to being warm and just incredibly humid. Yeah, so it's, that's, that's always a good time. The uh, We went out to a place called Lark Ranch here in Indiana. It's uh, outside of Lagodi, Indiana. Um, okay. It's... Quite an interesting little thing. This is my second year going to it. It is definitely so. I love Indiana, and Indiana has a lot of good, good uh, <laughs> variety of people and and takes. It, I it like gets, how you're starting this with a disclaimer. Yes, I'm sorry, with a disclaimer because I, I want people to realize that it's important that us Indiana people not give in to the stereotypes of Indiana. But sometimes there are some stereotypes that ring true. Um, more than corn. There's Indiana. yeah, there's more than corn in Indiana. Yes, there really there, is. But sometimes there are also there's also soybeans. Also, there's also corn in Indiana, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you there is more than corn, but there's also there's corn. And Lagodi is kind of like that. It's it's very much a what you would think of classic down home on the farm fall festival place. Okay, right? Um, Did they call it fall festival, or is there some funny? different name for it no it's just like it's just called lark ranch um so it's i mean i think there might be a little slogan somewhere on one of the little things saying like this is what the quintessential fall festival or something but it's not really a fall festival it's hard to describe because i've never actually been to a place like this the way they say it started was that um they would have uh like uh, schools would come out uh to see farm you know how how a farm operated and stuff and they'd have like little trips out there to show them and then they would also at the same time they would sell pumpkins so they'd have like a big pumpkin patch and they oh, would yeah yeah so th- so they would have people come and get pumpkins at the pumpkin patch uh, every weekend and it got bigger and bigger um and then they were decided they're like hey let's have like little pony rides because we got you know we have ponies on the farm mm-hmm. and, and so they would have you know pony rides and a pumpkin patch and then they would have Oh, we've got like a hayride thing. We can take them to the king. Oh, let's make a corn maze because we've got lots of corn. Have you so ever it, been to um, Connor Prairie in Indianapolis? It's yeah, well, it's similar like a sim- similar to like a Connor Prairie. It's more thing. like Noblesville, but yeah, right. Um, I was going to ask if it was something like that, but as you're describing it, 
I know there's at least one place in the North Chicagoland area that was not, you know, impractically far from where I grew up. That was a similar kind of thing. It's like all of that area around Chicago used to be farmland and gradually as the horrible suburbs expand and spread, urban sprawl, we call it. Yeah. Um, you know, those those farms got bought up and bought out and split up into subdivisions and all of that terribleness. But yeah, um, there was a place that was like it had to have been some kind of working farm because they grew pumpkins and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But it was also a touristy, not necessarily touristy, but like having people come there was part, which I guess is the definition of it tourism. is. But um, right. for city kids to come out and like, you know, pick apples off of a tree and sure. stuff like that. And it sounds yeah. like. That's that's what this place is. Kind of. It, it actually, by the kind of people that were there, it kind of almost felt like, and also the, the location, Lagodi, Indiana, is in very southern Indiana where there's nothing for, like, Bloomington yeah. for an is hour it, away. So you were an hour further south from Bloomington? Yeah, an hour, yeah, but an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, so what are you close to, like? Nothing. Lagodi is it. Yeah. Mitchell, Indiana. There's Washington, Indiana. Yeah, these little. That's the yeah. point is that there's there is nothing but in southern Indiana, but just farms from that way. So w the people that were there weren't necessarily city people, folks. It was literally like farm people, other farm people, other farm people, and farm families, right. and and people come from like they do come from all over. So they're super busy, but sure. it, it's like I said, it's not just farm stuff. They they do have farm animals in a petting area that you can go up to into the woods and they have the rabbits. And But like what they did is they have their rabbit pen is in the woods and it's mainly just a fence off area where they have like a little, what would look like a pioneer or a uh, little house in the prairie town, but the size of bunnies. And then the bunnies, okay. that's their houses. Okay. So the bunnies sure. run around in there and they go into the church and they go and they, and everything. Um, but they also have, but they also have um, like trains, like a, you know, a little kid train that, you, that adults anybody can ride in, and it goes yep, around the yep. whole property. So the farm kids come because it's not like normal farm stuff. It's they have all the farm stuff, and you get you know, um, uh, was it uh, cheese curds and elephant ears, and you have the occasional spinny sizzler ride and bounce houses, and it's just yeah, it's like a permanent location ball festival. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. And, and some kind of unique things here and there. Like they have zip lines that are really big. Uh, this is why I say it's like Indiana. They have a uh, an apple shooter, an apple cannon. You know what I'm talking about? Like this huge, so like, it looks like a military cannon, and then you get to put an apple in it, it shoots it out of the car. Okay, like a potato cannon. Yeah, but huge. It looks like it would mount on the tank. Um, um, my brother, David, who, who we've had on the show before, mm -hmm. he built something like a potato cannon um for ocean fishing it's oh like, yeah i guess you need something to launch the bait way out from the boat or I mean, he might be on the dock <laughs> I, I guess from a boat you could just cast it but if you're on the if you're yeah. on the shore you want to get it way out there so he shot, he shot a big one out there nice yeah, like so, so we went we went to that and it was it was really neat at I have they have one of the largest corn mazes around it's this huge massive acre corn maze uh, I like to call that a maze maze. A maze maze, that's right. It's definitely a big maze. You can't see out of it or anything. It's not like a hedge maze thing. Uh, but it, I, I've been there two years now, and I have not been able to go on that darn maze. Last year, mm. uh, 
I went with um, my girlfriend and her daughter, and her daughter does not like the corn maze. She's freaked out about it. Sure, uh, corn we, is tall, man. Corn is tall, and it's scary, and you get lost. And this year, she we went again with them, and uh, she was still a little scared, but she was going to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sydney was like real jazzed and excited to do it. Uh, so I was like, oh, we're finally going to do this. I'm really excited to go. And then about two hours into the day of 90-some degree weather, they were <laughs> done. They were just yeah. ang- grumpy and angry and just ready to hate on everything. So we, we went to Dairy Queen, and it was great. But anyway, it, it, the thing, the long and short of it is that it was super hot, but out of there on the cornfields and there's big rolling hills. It was just beautiful. You could see for miles, just like you'd mm. see it like the Great Plains with these, the wind rolling across the, the cornfields and the huge mm-hmm. fluffy clouds and just a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Except that, you know, kids ruin it when they complain. But they were fine. It was great. So anyway, it was a good family weekend. Exhausted by the end of the day. Um, my One of my favorite things is too is that that place, I might have mentioned this to you before, is that kind of still doesn't have rules. Uh, or no one has sued them yet. Uh, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? So they have like a kid's zip line for kids that are like 60 pounds and under. Mm-hmm. And it's only like three feet, three or four feet off the ground. But it zips across like 50 yards, yeah. right? Uh, and they don't have like fences on either side of it. So other kids just run across the zip line area. And just get clocked. And just get clocked by other kids. And it, I <laughs> love it. It's hilarious. And that's the parents would be like, well... You know, Twyla, you shouldn't you shouldn't have been running across there. You learned your lesson now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Rub like some when, dirt on it. It's like when we were kids. Exactly. People so, weren't so. I mean, yeah. my my dad was pretty, uh, you know, not not paranoid, but kind of kind of overprotective. He, but he, mm-hmm. you know, that led him to train us to stop when he <laughs> called our names he he loves to tell this story where i think it was me or maybe one of my sisters you know being like three four you know at that age and i started wandering away and he yelled my name sternly and i immediately stopped and the <laughs> other the do. other parents with him were like oh how did you how did you do that <laughs> that's right because you just know right we we just knew and it you know he never did it you know in a in a sense of like domineering or threatening, it, it was no. just for safety, you know. My, my mom used to we lived on a lake. You know, we could have, you know, drowned oh, yeah. if we'd gone to the water without an adult. My so, mom used so. to get so frustrated, and, and and I apologize. You can send me letters if if you get offended by this one. If it's a misogynistic comment, but my mom used to always say that she'd get frustrated because she could yell at us all day long, but all it took was one word from Uncle Brian just to say you know, Michael, and then I, we would just freeze in our tracks and knew that to stop whatever we were doing. And I mean, we, st- we still kind of have that thing today. I know that just about a month or two ago, we're uh, Lola, my girlfriend's daughter was just running around and she was running out in the street and she's yelling, Lola, Lola, Lola. And I just yelled, Lola, we're loud. And all of a sudden she just dead freezes, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> that bigger voice, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. So some of that is uh, it's just, I mean, I don't know. Some some of it is probably uh, not biology, but like instinct, survival instinct kind of thing. <laughs> I guess. Well, the uh, so yeah, that, that's that's what it was. It's just that you know when we were when we were kids, it was the same way. It's that you knew when to to stop or to pay attention. If you didn't, you get in trouble. 
Yeah, and for for the most part, you know, you put kids in a in a situation and and they learn. Like they're <laughs> they're young, you know. I I've probably told this story before, but I was with my sister and brother in law, and I'm I inherited some of that from my dad, where I'm very not quite hovery, but when kids are around, I'm watching them to make sure that they're not wandering off or you know, um, yeah, whatever, and. One of my nieces did something. She was climbing on something or running. And I'm, you know, kind of stressed out watching. My brother-in-law is like, he's like, it's fine. She'll, you know, like whatever she was doing, something, you know, near her her mouth or teeth or something. And he's like, they're baby teeth. They're going to fall out anyway. (laughs) No, it's true. I'm like, well, yeah, you're not not wrong wrong about that. It's like, you know, we get to be, you know, a certain age kind of fragile adults and we forget how resilient kids are when they're real little you know like a a two-year-old can be running and trip and face plant and like jump up and laugh and keep going (laughs) totally and and it's important like i think sometimes as parents i mean you can say about kids getting soft these days that but as parents that you can it's okay to say like just rub some dirt into it you'll be fine like that that because I, I, when my first kid, I know it was very much like, oh, are you OK? Did you did you fall? Are you OK? Should I get a Band-Aid for that kind of thing? <laughs> we, and or, you know, kids will be whatever. I'm low exactly this weekend. Had a huge slide. You know, it's like Alpine slide things you go down and right. she was just loving it. And she just decided to kick her sandals off the, as she was down the middle of the thing and just on the sides. And it goes flying everywhere. And she gets to the bottom and she's like, can you get my sandals? And we're like. <laughs> Nope. No. And we just keep we just keep walking <laughs> on to our next thing. And she's like, but I have to go back and get them. I'm like, you know what? Lessons learned. Right. right. It's, it, this is how you do. You, and then they have to run in the hot heat and to get the stuff. And yeah, yeah. you know, that or she, she consequences. I, I've seen uh, even some parents that'll be like, you know, <laughs> sitting like at a camping thing with a bunch of families. And they're like, oh, man, he's going to he's going to fall off that skateboard. He, he just sees, you know, we should tell him that, you know, I think it was a husband and wife and. The wife was like, can you tell him to not do that? He's like, no, just wait a second. And then sure enough, the kid fell and fell on his hand. And he's like, Aah! and he's like, you shouldn't have been skating on that thing, right? I told you three times. But they just <laughs> waited for him to make that mistake. And he did not go skateboarding the rest of the time, right? Yeah, it's one of those one of those frustrating things where you're like, can't, can't you just learn? Like, I have no. lived through this and I can <laughs> spare you it if you know. No. Even, and that's not even a, a child adult thing. Like that's even two that's adults. Anybody. Yes. You, like, yeah, I told you. And you're like, yeah, but you, yeah. you know, you have, it's not real until you experience it for yourself. That's, that's a hundred percent true. You're right. It's not just a child adult thing. Totally. It's, you can ex- give all the advice to someone at work or in life and personal thing. It's like, man, you are just going to, this is going to be a terrible thing. I mean, I do it right. Oh no, yeah. I can do it differently or I'm I'm more confident in myself and then We we all like to think that we are rational beings, you know, that mm-hmm. we make logical decisions and that everyone um, else is irrational. Right. And our decision making is so emotional and irrational, so much more than we want to admit. Oh no, for sure. Well, we're we're deep in a rabbit trail here. Um, <laughs> That's what, right. What All we? of Lagoni. I, I guess we were sort of doing weekend updates. So let me let me share mine. Since in the week that I've been back um, from Tennessee, 
I've been over to the house a couple times, mm-hmm. got all the baseboard trim cut for the second floor. I think I had that done last week, so I was talking about that. Um, Sarah and I moved in all the kitchen cabinets I bought used off of Craigslist. They've been in my garage for about two or three years. Man, is, is Sarah getting any cut of this? Because she's been working hard at that house. I'm not sure how that is going to balance out. <laughs> she's She's helping me a lot with this, and then I think Dad and I are going to help her um, fix up her airstream to take back out to oh, Idaho. Yeah, right. So a little, uh, little tip know, for tat exchange of labor there, right? Because um, I know for the last several weeks you're like, well, Sarah did this, this the tile, <laughs> and then Sarah did this. Like, yeah, yeah. she's getting free labor here. <laughs> she's she's pretty. Um, she's also pretty gung ho about learning the stuff, learning how to tile. You know, for as little as I knew when we started this project, because when I helped my dad do. Uh, home remodeling stuff i was so young that most of what i did was you know fetch and carry sure. uh, kind of stuff you know i didn't put down ceramic tile or anything like that right um and you know she knew even less so she's very um she's very eager to to learn um all that kind of Get stuff knowledge. but um we did that and now i'm in the process of priming and painting that trim um so I've been doing that. What Although you, you may get your house done before I get my trim done. So bully for you. My trim is still not. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Every we, time you talk about trim, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> still got trim to do. <laughs> well, we talked about something last week that I feel like I've I've done a bunch of, watched all of, or, and now I'm completely drawing a blank on it. I don't know. I I did watch a show that you finally got that you watched like probably a month ago or a couple weeks ago. I finally watched The Boys. Oh yeah, yeah. That's um that's an Amazon Prime yeah it's original a su- superhero thing too. I mean, a lot of people had said they watched it, and then you watched it one week, and you're like, you watched it in like a weekend, didn't you? You watched it pretty quick. Um, probably I probably watched almost an episode a night, and it's not long. It's like a like an eight episode thing or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, which is pretty nice things to watch these days. If they're an hour long, an eight episodes, pretty good time, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So. Yeah, I don't have any other updates though. I'm still listening to that uh, expeditionary force. I remember now what I what I was going to talk about. It's the meal uh, kit service that I've been. Um, trying out this past oh you've been doing one of those like pre-made or they just send it to you every day or something yeah they send you all the ingredients and you do it i'm i'm doing um hello fresh which okay advertises on a lot of podcasts and i got a coupon code from a thing that i bought on amazon and i'm like i'll try it mom and dad are gone and so it's just me and my sisters yeah and they send you three meals a week so it's not an every night okay uh, uh thing but it's been uh it's been interesting. I was going to say that the portions are smaller than, you know, what I would think of as typical American portions. <laughs> Which is huge is in um, general. So you're saying I they're did, normal portions, right? Yeah. I'm. We're at the four meal tier. And yeah. really, ex- with the exception of the first meal, um, the second and third meals really were four servings. You know, there was enough that I had a fourth serving to have as leftovers the following day okay. for lunch. 
Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So each each the, meal comes with four servants. Okay. Yeah. And you can tell that their like typical packaging level is two person because the four person comes with like doubles of everything. Got it. You know, instead of a a decent sized pouch of Parmesan cheese, there'll be two medium sized pouches. pouches. Yeah, got it. Um and the only one that wasn't really enough was a thing called hoisin glazed uh meatballs. Okay. Which is you know, it's beef made into meatballs and the sauce is a typical sugary Asian sauce. Mm-hmm. Um but it came with jasmine rice and it really came with like half as much rice as as you would want. Oh. Um but the other recipes were both good. One was a... Which is funny, because uh, rice is, like, so common and easy and cheap. Yeah. I mean, what we ended up doing was adding, like, half of some leftover rice to it, and then, <laughs> right. it, was, then it was fine. Um, the second was a Tex-Mex um, Monterey cheese stuffed burgers. Okay. So it was, like, a burger with cheese inside and um, Tex-Mex seasoning, which is... It's what they call it, but it's just a, like, almost taco meat kind of seasoning. Um, And then the buns had uh, sour cream and that Tex-Mex seasoning instead of ketchup and a pico de gallo salsa in the burger. And, uh, you know, potato wedge fries on the side. And then the third meal was a pasta... um, Pasta Parmesan with mozzarella and zucchini. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty tip and marinara. So like just a typical pasta dish without meat. Um, how, how have you felt the bang for its buck type thing has been? It's their their normal price point I think is somewhere around like seven dollars a serving. Okay, so you're paying about twenty eight bucks, thirty dollars to say for a, a per meal that you get there. Yeah, they do the whole week all in one. So even like after the coupon and the shipping, it was like sixty seventy, I think, mm. for for twelve meals, which is not bad. It's not. It's it's right about at fast food prices. Sure, but it's you know real food and fresh veggies. And the big thing people say is that there's no waste, right? Yeah. You're sort of trading off for. Oh yeah, you're yeah, not having you're extra getting, carrots and extra. Yeah, this you're and, getting two little plastic containers of with one with two cloves of garlic instead of a head true. of instead of a head of garlic. That's like fifty Very cents. True. Very true. But you're not throwing any produce away, which has always been my kind of concern. Unless it's something with a long shelf life, like onions, potatoes, garlic. Yeah. Um, anytime I try to buy like bananas or a salad mix or any of that it always goes bad before i can eat it all yeah and and you you have to you probably get like a a seasoning packet that has all the kinds of season with it instead of having yeah, to buy same, the same the deal, and yeah. the things and yeah. The, yeah and then you have this like after sure after two months of doing it yourself you'll have a spice cabinet full of ton of stuff that you have to hunt down for just a dash <laughs> of something but yeah yeah I, i've had uh, Kroger here has has uh these pre those prepackaged kind of meals that you can go pick up. They're usually ten dollars mm-hmm. or twenty dollars for a you know a bigger one. A big um, one, yeah. And then um, 
And and those are pretty cool. It's very similar to what you're you're talking about. And we've got Sydney and I have gotten a couple of those and they've been pretty pleasant. I I'm not sure that it's for us to get simply because at ten dollars a person we just feel much well we can go sit down at a place and and yeah you know it's about ten same amount and not have to spend the time making it and whatever right for for a lot of people i think it's the i mean i do a lot of cooking Mm -hmm. but there are things that i mean i spent a couple months back in 2016 or 17 i subscribed to a website that was just the meal plan so she would put, you know, make up the recipe, the ingredients, the shopping list. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Um, and she would do things like, you're going to make something for dinner one night, and then with the leftover rice, you're going to make something else the next night or or for lunch. The kind of things that a normal person does with their leftover yeah. uh, stuff. Um, and that was helpful just because there are things that I won't think of. Um, totally totally you know i'm like i would never consider making pasta with zucchini i'm just yes. like i see a zucchini and i'm like what do i do with this and yeah. zucchini is a fairly easy one but like you know you hand me a you know a big radish or a a leek or something and I'm like, <laughs> right i'm like i don't know what to do with this like you right. give me you give me a starch and a meat you know give me something that involves eggs and chicken or beef like i can do 20 different things with that but i'm like what do i do with all these vegetables yeah and i agree i think i think that uh those the ones that we've gotten have been like you're describing like interesting meals not necessarily leek or or stuff but they've been a good culinary variety of stuff and just like you had described it gives it recalls sometimes for some odd little things like you need a clove of garlic and a small thing of this but just like you said i'd have to go out and get a whole head of this or a whole bunch of cauliflower when i just need a little bit of it um and this puts it all in nice a nice package and you get to taste something different than so even i said oh yeah we can spend ten dollars and go sit down someplace most of the time you're for ten dollars you're going to sit down and get the same kind of ish food like if you go at to a Oh, Charlie's or to uh, anywhere. You're still getting the same kind of, which this is different. This is a they're, different. They're basically thing. targeting a market that says we want to eat real food. Yes. That's that's made fresh. We want to cook the food. Yeah. But we don't necessarily want to plan and shop because yeah. that's a big that's a big chunk of the effort. So the the little bit extra that you're paying, which you know, I don't know. Compared to the grocery store prices, it's probably just off the top of my head. I would say it's probably at like forty percent markup, mm-hmm. more than if you just bought it at the grocery. Yeah, um, sure. And I'm and you get you probably you probably get more more if you bought it all. Like you could double the batches and have it for several meals. Yeah, but, yeah. I but mean, sure. they only HelloFresh only goes up to four servings. So if you have more than that, you're you know you're out of luck. But right. Right. But you're you're right. It's it's there. It's you know it's the ease of use kind of thing. How how much is your time? How much is your your yeah, you're pay, you're paying for the convenience of not having to do the planning in the shop and ha- and having good food. I mean, all all those yeah. meal things are pretty good food. They they really are. Um, it, it is how much how much money you have. I mean, I, I know that like mm-hmm. fifteen twenty years ago, there's no way I could have dreamed of you know dumping thirty dollars yeah. on a yeah. meal to, for stuff. But 
Um, if I can go out and I can afford right now to go out to the grocery and make something, if I just had the gumption, this is a nice way to not have to take out just half that time and, right. and actually get to the making. Of yeah, it. So I mean, not cool. when I when I was first working out of college and I was buying, you know, canned ravioli and uh, those those grocery store frozen burritos. Yeah, uh, you, you, know, you couldn't afford like, to go to the grocery store and buy those ingredients anyway. They're like a right. dollar a piece. Right, right. You know, and there, there's things about that too is, is uh, like they would, let's say it has chicken in it. It gives you four chicken breasts mm-hmm. as, as though you would go, but you would, and they're the right exact size and they're already cut and done. What if yeah. you go and you made that recipe, you would get like, t- you'd have to buy 10 or, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you can't buy the right ones or they're misshapen sizes and then you have to cut them in half and butterfly them. But this is already butterflied and, right. you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. It's funny that I'm defending these because I'd say about five or six years ago, I'd have rolled my eyes and said like, oh, those are just dumb. But they're pretty, having had them, not like ordered like you have, but mm-hmm. having gotten them, I I really turned around with like, it was good quality food. I'm glad that I got them and I would get them again. Not all the time, but I would get them, I would get them again. Yeah. And I could see how someone could subscribe to it and just say like, yeah, I want to do that three times a week or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or twice a week or whatever it might be. Sure. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the boys. Oh, sure. So, I this is a we're gonna you want to spoiler bell this thing because we're gonna talk about this probably. Yeah, let me hit the bell. Okay, so the boys is an Amazon original. Yes. Yeah, it's based, based on a comic book. Based on a comic book series by Image, or was it just another independent like Vertigo or something? Uh, that I don't know. It's not. I know it's not a Marvel or DC, so it's not one of those main main line stream things, uh, which allows it to do a little bit more edgier kind of stuff. Um, if you don't know what the boys are is about, uh, I I had a hard time people explaining it to me. I will put it like this. Um, See, I think it's really easy to explain. It is Wildstorm and Dynamite okay. Entertainment. Uh, yeah. Started in two thousand six, created by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Got it. So it is a realistic-ish take on if people had superpowers um, and it, the, um, the superheroes signed up with a corporation who ran it. Um, so if the Justice League was privatized is basically what it is. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, this is going to be maybe a little bit uh, not safe for work. Uh, so maybe if, yeah. you, if you have kids in the car for some reason you're listening to us with kids in the car yeah, uh, we're not we're not going to read it r this or anything but maybe maybe skip this the, the subject matter skip is this chapter because there's some of this that's hard to de- hard to describe in a right in a clean so, way the way i describe it is imagine if the justice league were all jerks though i usually use a stronger word than jerks right and, and that's something that helped me really like by episode two come to terms with what this was and and i'm i'm very much when people try to do the, uh, well, what if Superman, you know, su- you know, Superman is too powerful and he should be put in the check. And I'm like, no, I like hopeful heroes and don't keep, keep your like s- modern sensibilities out of my superhero type thing. Sure. Uh, but this is the crime syndicate. This is the story of the crime syndicate. And if anyone who knows Marvel, DC, whatever, this is exactly what that is. Um, it's the crime syndicate is an, uh, an alternate earth in DC comics where the super, the justice league are bad guys and the 
good guys or the bad guys are good guys. Um, right. And the the Justice League ruled the planet as a crime syndicate. Like Batman is the head of the mafia and Superman mm. is the the dictator of the world and his okay, right hand sure. person is Wonder Woman. So uh, that's and this is kind of like a prequel to that. This is how they, they didn't just come up and say, hey, people, I'm now your leader. Like because the Earth's a big planet. There's a lot of things happening and people are and there's politics and, you know, world stuff. This is very much how a crime syndicate would slowly happen. You would have corporations who would try to privatize it and you'd have a ruthless hero who pretended to be good but was an egomaniacal tyrant type mm -hmm. thing. Um yeah, so that that made me like, oh yeah, this is this is basically how bad guy how bad guys would rule the world if there weren't like true blue superheroes. Right. Which there aren't. There is there's no Besides our, what, you call her the main character? Is it Starlight? Starlight. It's uh, between is her and, and Huey. Like, Huey is kind of the main, the main character, sort of. Except he's the, he's the audience surrogate. He's just a, you know, bland, average, sort of everyman character. Right. So, so again, to give a little bit of a synopsis of how this show actually works is that it starts off with a normal average day, day Joe named Huey, and he works in an IT store. He's an IT. He's kind of like your stereotypical IT guy. Um, he's got a nice girlfriend. They really care about each other. They live in a world with superheroes who are run by a company. What was the name of the company? Vote Bork? Voke? Or I can't remember. Voked. Or yeah, something like I can't remember what it is. But they, they this company uh pays superheroes to they like I said, they privatize them. They um mo monitor the place scanners, they they get to put the people on there, they run publicity for them, they take them to charity events, they run the whole thing. They're the the company behind the Justice League. So they live in that kind of a world where these people are real. And um the setup goes is that the girlfriend, this is definitely a spoiler, gets flat out murdered in a very grotesque way by a super speedster. If you think the Flash was running down the street and then just blasted through somebody. Yeah. Um, and she, because he just doesn't see her going at light speed. Um, and then he just keeps going. Sorry, man, I got to keep going. And then just runs. Right. And then Huey, along with other people who are end up being the boys. um get together that have had these kind of terrible experiences. And what happens with that thing is that, you know, a train, that's the, the flash character here. Right. He, he gets like, Oh, sorry, I was saving the world and doing, you know, the best I was stopping a bank robber. And I apologize. My condolences. He didn't apologize, but my condolences to the family. And it's a sad thing, but I did it in, in the service of the greater good type thing. Uh, right. And it's just like, they kind of write it off, try to pay the guy a check for you know sympathies yeah hush money right. hush money so it's it's just kind of one of those where they get together like hey we have to expose this we have to come out and show them for who they are and the boys these four not so like good people they're kind of got <laughs> sketchy kind of you know are yeah. doing the good work so the villains are kind of the good guys right? right and and as you go along you find out that the good guys are definitely more villainish yeah. Um, 
all, I think it's almost worse worse. almost all of them. The almost all of them. The Wonder Woman equivalent character, uh, Queen yep. Maeve, is yep. is mostly just sad and full of regret. Yeah, um, she has she has become bitter and yeah. They it. make you think that maybe the Superman equivalent character is is actually what he seems, but he's definitely not. He's yeah. not as not as straightforward. Um, um amoral as or immoral as um the aquaman character the deep yeah the deep um although a kind of funny thing i just started reading the comic and in the comic version the scene that happens with starlight and the deep um in the comic is starlight and homelander so oh. you you know from the very beginning that he is not uh, not a good guy not a good guy. The, the characters, if you've again, if you've not seen this, they are they're called the Seven. Those are like the Justice League, and right. they are the equivalent of a Batman, a Superman, a Wonder Woman, an Aquaman, a Flash. Um, uh, they had a Green Lantern who retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new character that's like you're that's not an equivalent in any other kind of thing, and she is the person you're following. Yeah. Um, and I can't think of the other. Oh, the, the oh, and the Invisible Man, whoever that might be. Um, oh right, 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 right. Uh, so, anyway, when I started seeing this as like the prequel to what what a crime syndicate could be, like a world where superheroes control, you know, or the Justice League are bad guys, how would because villains in comic books are very comic booky, for lack of a better term, where yeah. they uh, they do things for villainous reasons and because they're evil and psychotic, you know, like you know, I'm gonna kill half the planet or something, you know, Mm -hmm. only the good ones have some kind of thing. Uh, But really for villains to rule the world, it would have to be some kind of long term, slow, you know, fascism, fascism. Yeah. Yeah. Type thing. So this, and, and how Homelander does it and that actor portrays it here is very much that way. You are very much terrified of, it's terror, right? It's terrorism. The whole thing is terrorism. Right. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. you have superpowered beings, they're just terrifying people. Yeah. The the story, the way the, the story plays out between Homelander and Elizabeth Shue's character mm-hmm. um, is, is very strange. I mean, it's um, whatever the adjective form of an Oedipus complex, right? Oh, yeah. He, he has that, he has that uh, mommy syndrome thing because he's yeah. damaged as you know right. being bred uh but the the weird the weird the cool part about that relationship again major spoilers here is that at the end there with her um he she admits like she does this because she's terrified of him um, and and that's how she she has to do what she has to do to dodge and weave right um he he always comes to her and tells her how he's done horrible things. Like I just killed the people on the plane or I, I'm the one that created supervillains. And immediately you can kind of feel in her presence that she's mortified and terrified at the same time. But then she turns around with a big smile on her face and hugs him and pulls him close and starts to like distract him with her ways. And I'm like, she's doing everything she can to not be killed at the same time. Right. right? And come up on top, which is, you know, the whole show. So anyway, what 
what did you think of the good guy, the boys, I guess? I mean, I such mean, an interesting, different... They're all human, except for yeah, one, I guess. They're, the girl. they're all basically human. Um, oh, and there's Wolverine in here, too. There is a Wolverine character. Is there? It's the, it's the girl that's on the boys. That they... Uh, that she's got a healing factor. She's feral. She doesn't have claws, but it's the one that they rescue. Okay. Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. Kimiko, I'm reading the Kimiko. I'm reading the comic, and they have this um, they have this character they call the female, mm-hmm. which is short for the female of the species. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I don't think they put this in the show. I completely blanked out that character because Frenchie falls in love with her. Yeah, and it's Kamiko, I think is her name or something. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she's very very Wolverine. She she's feral um, and attacks with like craziness and yeah. Uh, whenever, um, whenever you're ready, I do want to put another break in and then talk non spoilers. Uh, just impressions, review. Sure, sure. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, but you, so so these guys were interesting. Like they put a guy in who's very much a family man he's not like he's got they try to you think first that he's a stereotypical ex and then he's not and you think frenchy's a gun runner but he's kind of not right but so they're basically putting the personalities of superheroes like good guys like justice league mm-hmm. on the professions or of bad guys right like gun runner that is has a lot of empathy for people, you know, and yeah. and yeah. a a guy who's an ex military street brawler who loves his family and puts them first and <laughs> is true blue and yeah, you know, uh, yeah. There, there's there's some. It's also got some really hyper violent stuff in it, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we we've described the the girlfriend that's in the pilot, like in the first. 10 minutes i feel like oh it was i was it set the tone for the show for sure yeah uh and, and I, I i will say that they don't let they don't let their stuff go like they don't make light of a lot of things um mm-hmm. they could do stuff for shock value but every time something happens it kind of resonates through the characters I, i'll point out a few um the pop claw, which is the a train's girlfriend when she has sex with a guy and bursts his head. Right. Like that, that could have just been like a little throwaway scene, but like it affects everything that happens. Yeah. And, yeah. and sh- she loses her mind type thing when it happens. And that's um, a, that's a way for them to really reinforce, um, the drug. Yes. Right? What it means, what it does. And then you sort of understand, um, what happened with a train and Huey's girlfriend. Yes. And, and even with a train, like when a train kills her, this is, they don't, they don't just like, Oh, it's just a little thing that happened because a train's bad. Like it, it hits him and changes his kind of character through the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, Cause he, he murdered her. He doesn't, he keeps calling, blaming Huey, but you know, then he has a heart attack when he kind of accepts it. Um, and then, so a lot of these things, you know, and obviously that it takes for a long time before you can kind of get a little past the girlfriend dying even. Yeah. Right. Which, which that makes sense. It shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be just an easy thing. And, uh, Hey, how did you think of, uh, Oh, what's the dad? Like 
that actor playing with an English, a normal American accent. Um, you should actually. That was disturbing. Just flat out. What's that guy's name? He's from Star Trek. He was, uh, um, and from Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg's name and everything. Uh, so he he he's doing like an Amer- English American accent. He's doing an American accent. Like I did not think it was him at first. I'm gonna send you a picture. <laughs> yeah, he he had to. Uh, pictures are not good for for radios. <laughs> no, but it's it's sort of to make this point. So this is from the comic. Uh, in the center there is uh, Billy Butcher, okay, the, the Carl Urban character, and then behind him. On the right are Frenchie and the female. Yeah. And on the left is Huey. The bald guy? The bald guy. Okay. And so you could see how if somebody made this show 10 years ago, obviously Simon Pegg is Huey. <laughs> sure. Okay. The guy yeah. in the comic looks just like Simon Pegg. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and so, so they made his the, son type thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the guy playing Huey. Huey's dad is Simon Pegg and yeah I saw him and I was like huh that guy kind of looks like Simon Pegg but he's older and doing a pretty believable American accent yeah Um, and I was like oh it is Simon Pegg it's not you know it's on Amazon so all I had to do was tap my iPad and all the actors pop up in there yeah and and he the way him it's almost feels like it's not I mean I read it is actually his him speaking that way but it I almost feel like somebody's speaking for him mm-hmm. because it does not sound like him at all. It's just so weird hearing that voice come out of his thing. Um, and he plays, he's not a main character in this show. Like Simon Pegg no, it's has a, a little bit of star part. pile. Yeah. You'd think that he, and everybody else in here doesn't, besides Carl Urban, doesn't have, and maybe Elizabeth Shue, Elizabeth aren't Shue. well-known people. No. Um, and they're bigger parts than him. But I, I've always said I've been a lifelong Carl, not lifelong, but uh, since he's been doing movies, Carl Urban uh, fan. He was in um, a Riddick movie where he played, he was one of the right. best things about that. And he was in obviously Star Trek, Best Bones. I still think he's better than the original Bones even. Um, Wait, but what? He, he, I know, I know. It's weird because he's doing Bones, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I get it. So anyway, I, I've always liked him in almost anything he's done. And this is no exception. He was, he's pretty good. Does. Yeah. A, a different character. I mean, he's played these kind of characters before, but he's this character has very strong things that are unique to this character. So, sure. and he, that's not he's doing what like a an Australian accent or a New Zealand accent? Is that what he's doing? I think it's his normal accent. Is it his normal accent? I can't I can't tell what he is. Like Carl Urban, is he British? I, I don't even know. It it's happens very a lot, thick. especially especially with Australian actors. If they reach any kind of international or American fame, they're almost always doing American accents or something else. You know, there's a not a long list, but a decent list of Australian actors who've come to the states and or or New Zealanders, uh, Kiwis. It's who, and it's funny that their voices, American, those famous. Uh, Kiwi or Australian actors have very distinct voices that you know, and and Mel Gibson and uh, huge, not Hugh Jackman, um, Mel Gibson and um, uh, Wolverine uh, is who I'm thinking of. Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, uh, they their voice. Tom Holland. He's not Aussie Australian, but he's Canadian. Uh, no, he's he's English, British, right? English. Yeah. Yes, they have 
their normal voices are very normal, thick accents. But when you hear their voices in American, you know who's talking. Like, yeah. I know who that is. Um, so, but that's funny. This one, this is the, that same thing. Carl Urban, like his accent was like, it's super thick. And mm-hmm. I, I had not even, which is great for Billy Butcher. Yeah. Um, what a name, but Billy Butcher, right? It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a comic book. Super comic book. So yeah, they, they really step into the also high fantasy comic booky type stuff. And the, the, like the superheroes are wearing superhero outfits the whole time. And, but that's, yeah. Costume, kinda, costume person designed they go through that with starlight she has her own costume she wants to wear that's kind of like it does look like like a comic-con kind of like homemade costume you're right and then you know they have a professionally made costume she doesn't want to wear it right because it's it's like it is funny because when you when you do see things like this like i've grown up with the wonder womans and the bathing suits and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. and of course i'm a guy and i didn't think anything of it but when you see like real people wearing like like starlight's outfit is a normal kind of outfit and then when they have her wear what would be like a comic book outfit you're like oh ooh, that's like super sexy but that's that's totally what a comic book outfit would be and it's different yeah 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 that's that's not that's not right and she's doing it so they they do also because this is modern cinema or whatever they they do do a lot of social stuff in here where they're sure and they do it well i mean there, I know the scene with the deep and her was very much like super frustrating mm-hmm. for me to watch it. Like it was difficult because, you know, you have the anger and the things that they're trying to get you to understand and they do a successful job of it. Like this is the message they're trying to get. And this is the situation that is inescapable for so many people and superheroes were no different. Um, so that, that was, that was good. Um, I was not a big fan. I'm always, obviously, as a strong Christian, I was not a big fan of the what they were trying to say about all the Christian gatherings the, and stuff. The awful, yeah, Christian. Uh, I I usually interpret that kind of stuff when it's done this way as just an indictment against that kind of like, you know, huge megachurch or tele what we call televangelist right. kind of people. And not against the because you get that like Starlight I forget her her actual name um, she's sincere in yeah. her in her faith and her beliefs and even though Huey isn't really spiritual he still is you know offended and appalled by this mega preacher and his hypocrisy um, and so you get a sense of like it's not necessarily against the the religion or faith itself it's against these people these hypocrites and charlatans right which when i was watching it i of course i kept having that i think it only thankfully only lasted like one episode yeah but it, it was very difficult for me to to groan worthy over a lot of this stuff yeah, so, and I and the one the, the one way i kept thinking at the end it was like man you know something you, you see all of the hollywood trying to show everyone's point of view can't one time they just normalize that some of this is okay and good and positive. Like right. I, I know that both of my girls have gone to like weekend retreats at, at church camp things to large gatherings of teenagers and stuff. And it's really positive. It's, yeah. it's all great. And it's not this like get on there and gay bash and, you know, talk about, you know, saving yourself for marriage. It's just a great positive experience. 
right. but with all good stuff. Yet you you never see any of that in Hollywood or in TV shows. You the, only yeah. see these things. The um, the like decent, likable, or just not a complete dick. Uh, spiritual character is so rare that it's that it's notable. Like I always point out, Shepard Book in Firefly. Exactly. Uh, because it's and, usually it's usually the opposite. It's usually some super judgmental, self righteous, often hypocritical kind of thing. And I'm like, can we? That's so played out. Yeah, and exactly, it's so played out. And 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 here, when I watch the boys, I'm like, again. I mean, why can why can you not have a religious character in any capacity be okay? Or or I should right. I, let me tell you this. Put it this way. Sorry, a Christian character be okay and i and i know we're not getting political or religious on this thing but it's just one of those things that anything should be pointed out that when you're being clearly biased in one such in one direction you should recognize it you know yeah. if it's hollywood or anything else and saying hey you're putting out one message and only one message and you're being louder every time you say it yeah. i know that that's out there but can you not say that hey not everyone's the same and not nope. that's what you're trying to say is not everyone's the same not say everyone's it. the same the one thing i'll say and just to play devil's advocate a little bit is that this comic series was started in 2006 like right in the peak of the uh george w era america mm -hmm. so i can sort of see the tendency to want to swing the other way with that a little bit but let's um let's pause on spoilers and just do general uh sort of overview recommendations on this sure um my biggest uh point of of praise with this like the story is good um it's it was difficult but overall i don't even want to say satisfying like it was difficult to watch but um at least compelling um the casting was all like perfect um pretty good pretty we, good we talked about carl urban in the spoiler section but um his character as billy butcher is great um i appreciate when for roles like this they get relatively unknown talent for all of the all of the superheroes or people you've never seen but like the guy who played the deep looks like a little bit I said, I think I said in our group chat that he looks kind of like a frog in his, <laughs> in his face, which is, it's, it seems derogatory, but he looks like a guy who spends a lot of time in the water. It's weird. Right. Um, man, you know, that, that poor, that poor actor, they not going to the spoiler section, but they, they, they his, give him, I can't believe he signed on for a role that like, Hey, in episode one, you're going to be this. And then the rest of them, you're going to be this. Yeah. His character is pretty reprehensible. Um, yeah. Homelander looks like, your typical like um you know american hero you know he's he's tall he oh he looks like he looks like the aryan leader yeah person. He, i mean he looks like a blonde superman you know he's he's right. smiling but his smile has a little bit of an innocence to it you know even without getting into the story um uh i'm not gonna remember her name now aaron aaron moriarty who plays uh starlight um yeah she looks like she's very attractive but mm -hmm. in a way where i believe 
she came from the Midwest, right? Yeah. Her her character's from Iowa. Right. Um, and she plays and, her very much like, not naive, but like true blue person. Yeah. She plays her well. Like, right. You know, you think of words people use for the Midwest, like heartland and wholesome and yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, overall, I think this was very well made. Um, it's a it's an interesting kind of adult mature. And I mean those words both in the sense of like there's adult content, but also in like. The story is is. I don't want to say nuanced, but it's it's not black and white. Like, there's not a very clear, like, good and, and bad. Well, there sort of is that, too. I don't really know. There, there, there is. And, well, I, I agree. I mean, I that think the story I... is complicated. Like, I wouldn't show this to children. I mean, obviously, because no. there's adult content in it. But uh, uh, the, the best way to, if you want to watch this, and, and, I, and I, I did like it. I did definitely think it was a pretty good show. The, if, it's inter- if role reversal is good, is interesting to you, Mm-hmm. Where where people who are typically bad actually are honestly good because this isn't a movie or a show where bad it's all about bad and everything's bad because there are the good guys there are good yeah. guys in this show who aren't perfect they're all they definitely have some flaws but they're not terrible flaws they're still good people what you might want to see in your in your complicated even superhero Superman and Batman they're not the Superman Batman characters but there's all and then there's also the role reversal of that superheroes, the superheroes aren't necessarily good because they're the bad guys. So if you, if you're interested in bad guys being the good guys and good guys being the bad guys, this is a show for you, which makes it interesting. Um, and, and that's not a spoiler at all. You, you, you see that in the very first episode and you get, that's the, the point of the show. Exactly. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't, I think a lot of people's uh, mixed kind of, I don't know how to, feel about this show is because it definitely does not end it's eight episodes and it ends i wouldn't say on a cliffhanger but on a huh okay mm-hmm. keep going it's like <laughs> right. it's, it is definitely a keep going but that's it you have to wait until the next ones come uh so it's kind of in the middle of the story i wouldn't say it's a cliffhanger but it's a it's a you know this would be an end of an episode and now we're going into episode nine and there's not an episode yeah nine. yeah maybe hopefully they'll get a season two yeah um, i think they would you think they would i don't know what they're the hindsight of this. I think it got some buzz, right? I think so. Yeah. We'll see. All right. All right. Um, since we're on this theme, this past week, I got the opportunity to watch Glass, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan uh, trilogy conclusion of the Unbreakable trilogy. I don't know. I, that sentence got away from me. It, but. It's kind of a trilogy. Yeah, it's, it's the... Trilogy. M. Night Shyamalan superhero trilogy, I guess you'd call it. Exactly, exactly. Um, You've seen this, right? I did. Uh, I I have not seen Split. I did watch watch Unbreakable and Glass. Uh, You've seen all three, though, right? I have. I have in the past year. So so I I did not... Are we going to talk spoilers here for this Um, show? I mean, this is an M. Night Shyamalan movie, so we're going to talk about spoilers. It's like all... Shyamalan film that's got some big twists and spoilers at the end. So we're going to talk spoilers for a while, and then we will come back and give our overall general spoiler-free impressions. Really, we should do that the other way around. But we're not, <laughs> we're not yeah, I, I guess so. I, I, guess, I guess we can we can start that way. Let's let's try this time, and then and then you can spoiler this one. We'll, we'll oh, do our okay. best. Let's, let's right. see if we can do it. We'll we'll, we'll try. 
no, no promises. Uh, so this is this is glass. Did it have the twist that Shyamalan gives us usually? Yeah, it did. Yeah, you, you, so there's a twist that people should be expecting or thinking about. Or... I mean, yeah, you get into the whole thing of like, if there's always a twist, does it still count as a twist? Exactly. That's what I was like wondering. Kind That's of, kind of where I was uh, getting at. I was like, I kind of expected a twist, but I don't know if I felt it was a twist um, because I kind of knew it or I knew that there was something. It felt like and, they were leading into a sort of disappointing twist that then twisted the other way and then ended in a kind of not entirely satisfying but then after that it had several twists at the end let's say (laughs) yeah and here's the thing we're trying to get without being spoilery is that um because you're expecting a twist or you have a twist like when you went and watched um Shyamalan's real big one which the I see dead people thing um sixth sense sixth sense you didn't know that was happening. No one expected that. It wasn't there wasn't a yeah. twisty thing. It wasn't that world of in my Shaman twists. Now there is one and there's something different about it. And and I don't think Unbreakable really had a twist, except you kind of knew what it was. Um no, it did. It definitely had a twist the, at the ending of Unbreakable. Right. Um but so you kind of expect it, and because of that, there's no real way you can live up to Sixth Sense or that experience of the first time you've ever been twisted. Right. You know, you you just so it's going to be a letdown. Had you not seen this one coming, maybe it would have been bigger. I it just to me kind of fell a little flat. Um, do you want to do you want to try to give it a number out of ten? Is that two? How about how about how about this? How about give it a number compared to the other two movies? Or how would you rank the three of them? Especially you, since you've seen all three. Yeah. It's hard because um, Unbreakable is what it is. It's like almost genre defying mm-hmm. where Split is a more straightforward psychological thriller. Was it, um, a, was it a clear genre movie and then this one is a different genre? Because this one felt very much like a, an Unbreakable. Yeah, it's another one where you're like, I don't know what box to put this in. Yeah, but but um, but the other one with Split was very much a psychological thriller for sure. I think so. With like some of your of the lambs type thing, some of your typical uh, Shyamalan esque twists in the at the ending. Um, We're yeah, gonna talk about I mean, that in the spoiler section. It's hard to it's hard to evaluate one piece of a trilogy in isolation. I think Unbreakable was the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Um. Split was also very good, but at a certain point, you just get the and the same thing with this movie. You just get a sense of like, this is really just James McAvoy. Uh, is that right? Yep. Um, just Professor uh, X, just showing off his acting chops, right? Um, which I'm sure he just loved. I mean, which is is it. fine. It's great, but after a while, you're like fatigued. Oh, for like the whole two hours, yeah. Buy it, yeah. It, it seemed interesting in this movie, just because he wasn't like in it. It wasn't just him. It was you know he yeah. had scenes, and then it yeah. went back. It's forth. like they they brought brought it all together in the truth, which seemed like to me enough. Like I didn't see Split, but I got enough about what was going on with his multiple personalities and the multiple personalities when he wasn't just all about him. So that was good enough, right? 
Um, we didn't prepare this in advance, but who or what's the uh, what's the recommended if you like for this movie? Uh, Unbreakable. No. <laughs> uh, uh, we, you, it's hard because you you just said it like it's its own thing, right? It's it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would. I mean, maybe... I want to say that an in in my Shyamalan movie. I hate to say that except for Airbender. I mean, it's except for Airbender. Yeah, because Airbender um, is terrible. Um, uh, I don't know psychological psychological thriller. The reason yeah. I say it is because because Unbreakable was different because it was a superhero movie. But it was a very depressing superhero movie. It's it's all dark, bland tones, and it's a very. I would call it the most depressing. It's although good, it's a very depressing superhero movie. There's not sure. a lot of excitement in it at all, or or happiness by anyone. And and this one is the same way. It's a very depressing. So I can't. If there's another depressing superhero movie, maybe is it, what's the one with uh, Will Smith? Hancock. That was Hancock. what I was going to say. Yeah, maybe um, if you like Hancock. For me, maybe if you liked The Boys and Hancock, you like. The idea of a non-typical, non-standard um, superhero comic book kind of story. Uh, also, if you like, and I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but if you like stories where something supernatural is happening that the world doesn't know about, and otherwise the world is the same... Right. Yeah. You're in, this. This happens. Um, Secret superheroes of, type thing. Yeah, like in an urban fantasy um, genre. It's not quite the same as your typical comic book secret identity thing, where like, yes, Clark Kent is just a normal guy, but also Superman exists. Oh, you know what? Maybe like if you recommended if you liked those, not the CW shows, but like, uh, what's the one like Smallville or? Um, where you you don't the superhero has superhero powers but nobody kind of knows it but there's angst in the behind the scenes and the world is still the same so is i've never seen smallville is superman not known no he's it's like his high school years and maybe college years oh it's like all pre superman's yeah it's it's he's smallville he's in smallville so he's not see, even come to, to yeah. yeah something like that or um I'm thinking of other urban fantasy kind of stuff like like Lost Girl and maybe Dresden Files, which else I didn't watch very much of. But th I mean, that's a that's a whole different thing. It's that's yeah. just the element of yes, there are there are supernatural people, but nobody knows about them, kind of thing. Right. And nobody so, knows that they exist. Not just not just that this person is one. It's just that the entire concept isn't there. It's like you know vampire stories, though. A lot of vampire stories start out with newer newer ones start with the existence of vampires being outed in some way. Right. Okay. So let, we're gonna go ahead and get in spoilers here. So go ahead and skip. We'll put a little break skip in here and you can skip over to the end when we think about our final thoughts. Yeah, on this. and I'm gonna hit the bell. Okay. So, um, tell let's before we hit the the really kind of spoilers of this movie. Can you tell me the spoilery part of? Split. What was the big surprise at the end of Split? Hmm. I mean, well, so two things. Uh, you see, um, Bruce Willis in a bar. I, I did see that and, on the, the and, tag. 
and you're yeah. like, oh, it's it's part it's like of the same world thing. Um, yeah. The girl who is in Glass uh, is the only one of the four girls that um, the Horde is what they call him in yeah. Glass uh, that he abducts who survives. Okay. Um, and is and that so, because like the Kevin, the actual original thing, likes her or something? Or I think that's part of it. I'm a little hazy on those details, um, but I think that's that's part of the twist. It's like he's here, and there's this thing, and it's part of this trilogy. And also, he's got you know um, uh, dissociative personality disorder, and I think that's the right term for that um so there's there's less of a big twist except for the oh man this is this is a trilogy now um did did they do a the flashes in split like he's no i mean he had the run of this um facility underneath the zoo and it's just the various personalities interacting with each other and then interacting with the the girls the victims so so the weakness of the flashes that was just a glass thing it i don't you know i don't remember because it, it seemed like they knew about it right away they're like this caused them to do it and there wasn't even like a discovery like as soon as they apprehend him they're like flashing lights at the beginning and i'm like oh that must have been in split where they knew that that was his weakness or it's something. it's possible that that happened i don't remember unfortunately right. well the, so this one moving on to glass um like i said earlier it's very depressing i mean yeah it's, it's depressing it's, and the whole first i don't know if the first and second act but at least the first half of it is incredibly slow so slow. i mean all of them have been slow i don't know about split but you know the uh, unbreakable was very slow well and and they spend in the same way that the doctor, uh, Miss Isringhausen, I don't know if I forget her name in this movie. She was in Deadwood. Um, <laughs> in the same way that she is trying to gaslight um, Bruce Willis, James mm-hmm. McAvoy, and um, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, the movie is also trying to gaslight the audience, right? I don't yeah. know if you can still use that expression in a movie because every movie is trying to manipulate the audience in some way. Right. But, but but this is trying really hard for gas. It's trying really hard to make you believe that the superpowers aren't real, that it's all psychosomatic right. and And for those and, that don't know, gaslighting is when someone tells you something to question your reality, that something you, is real. Makes you question your reality. Right. Um and yeah, so I found myself thinking back on Unbreakable and going, well, yeah, I mean, aside from the the premonitions from touching people, his actual super strength was never, was never incredible or amazing. It was like, Oh man, you just lift, you just bench pressed 250 pounds. You've never benched that much before. Let's try 255. Right. And I'm like, if this were a Marvel movie, the, the 250 pounds would go straight to like 500 pounds or he would be well, bench he, pressing he a kinda, truck. He, he kind of does. Well, he does do a truck, but he kind of does that. I think, I mean, in Unbreakable, it's it's like, I, I don't know the numbers, but it was like he, 100 was the most he'd ever done. And then the, in the next like quick shot, he was at 350. 
So it was like a large, significant thing because I remember him saying like, it stand back was, because this would, but, right. Yeah, but it was like, it was like incremental. It was. It was just a slowly incremental type thing. So whereas then he finally like, how much more you got? He's like, that's all of it. And he puts paint cans on the end. Right. Um, right. So, so it, it was super strange. And then also he did have several scenes where he like bent bars and broke open things with his hands that he, you, a normal human couldn't. Right. So, so, so there were, there were some scenes of his strength or his invulnerability type stuff, but the, uh, uh, you're right. It wasn't like over the top lifting cars per se. And, and our conversation right now proves that that's what the whole first half of this movie was trying to do. It's to make you yeah. question. Then you go back and forth, just like the three characters do. You're going, well, yeah, yeah but what about this? How do you explain it? Well, does the th because I've read those kind of stories and that's why I say that this, um, could be recommended if you enjoy those kind of urban fantasy stories where magic exists but nobody knows about it because anytime um something is done with magic um it can be explained away yeah i could see that right you're like yeah. oh no it's just this and this and you're like yeah but really right. it was magic and that's right. just your brain's way of uh like a defense mechanism to not have to consider the possibility that magic is real. Which, um, by the way, that that's a good like plot device, I think, in general. For, to me, it was real. With this movie, it was very frustrating because yeah. I've, we've already been through, and I didn't do split, but who, those who would, through two movies where you have proven, gotten through that gaslighting process where you're like, no, I've accepted that these are three superpowered entities i know it because this is where i've ended up and then the third movie is just trying to do it all over again and you're like uh can you can he not just like break open the bars and prove people no because they're putting water on him which is clearly that they know that it, it just made a lot of frustrating no sense yeah i mean they would say um you're not a superhero we're just going to douse you with water and i'm like well you know that that's as we I just you're kind of proving the point that he well, can't but do the, it. She she says that he he believes it's sweetness. So right, it's, but it's not but, that it's real. It's that he believes it's real. It's like the whole thing is uh, placebo or or psychosomatic. True, true. And her but, but character her character really frustrated me. I was like, I yeah, I did a thing that I regretted. But when I went on JustWatch.com, which shows you where you can stream things from. Yep. And uh, they have the Rotten Tomatoes numbers on there. Yeah. And and this movie has like something like 50% of critics and like 60% of audiences. And I'm yeah. like, ooh, that's that's not great. And so by like a half hour into this movie, I'm like, if this really turns out that none of them have superpowers, I really understand why it got so yeah. many negative reviews. Right. And it just went on. There were so many scenes where I was like... Okay, we get it. James McAvoy can do a lot of different characters in different accents. We're all very impressed. Can you please advance the story? Yes. Um, yes. Well, that that was my frustrating thing too is that like I kept saying like, "Okay, let him lift a thing." Right? Like let him lift a big thing. Let him break open a door. And all you got to do is to prove it, right? Yeah. It's not that when hard. When you get to the end and you know, this is the big spoiler. Everybody dies. Yeah, and, and and the beast is lifting cars, and Bruce Willis was gonna die the whole time. Yeah. Um. Then you're like, okay, so she was 
she was gaslighting him the whole time because most of the time leading up to that, I'm like, okay, she is really terrible at her job. Yeah. Like she's she's trying to convince people that what they believe isn't real, that it's all in their head, and she talks down to them constantly. Yeah. She's like, this is the thing you believe. You think that you're this. That the, and I'm like, that is not going to work. Like You're just triggering those people by dismissing you're making them to be defiant against it condescending to them right Right. which is which is part of the part of the whole deal and then especially glass himself like of course he's not gonna no of course he's he's fully convinced of of everything and he's he says that at the origin story like basically from the point where they start fighting and the doctor tells them to keep everyone away from the windows right she doesn't want any witnesses yeah and you're like oh no this is not what it seems she's messing with them she knows that they do have powers right yeah and and that twist was it was fine because the movie was so long and slow that felt like that should have been a mid mid show twist like yeah it was like it's like i now i don't really care now there's it like an hour worth of movie at most i don't even know i mean it, granted this this movie did not feel like it was like six hours long like some of those long movies can feel like oh my god this just felt like it was just there just wasn't feel like it felt like it's an hour and a half long but there just wasn't anything of substance in it yeah at all. so so much filler um yeah we, we did I, we did start to get a cool fight scene at the end there they they should have had at least two or three other cooler fight scenes. Right? Kind of, but like every time there was a fight scene, I I said to my sisters, I'm like, are we going to see a fight scene that wasn't filmed with a GoPro? Oh, exactly. Because yeah, it it, just... that's that's how all of it was. The one like sort of fun moment is when the girl comes up to him when he's in the beast uh uh form or when the beast has the light. Yeah. And I I go, "Sun's getting pretty low, big guy." <laughs> that's right and she's just gonna calm him down right right <laughs> yeah so so yeah it was it, it came when that big fight there happened i actually did not think that it was the end of the movie i thought that this was like the mid when the whole movie was actually starting to happen and he's gonna take off and to the wherever he was gonna do and was he gonna like blow something up i can't remember um and then they were going to have the real show down there and it would be all in the news. There'd be helicopters and it'd be really cool and there'd be a cool ending. Oh, yeah. They were they were unveiling a new skyscraper at, like Nakatomi Tower. Right. Instead, it was just kind of like a fight in the courtyard, a little fight in the courtyard where they all died. Where they all died. Yeah. And, and I'm like, and they, they literally killed the hero by stuffing his head in a puddle. I'm in like, puddle. geez, this is, I mean, all of it was just <laughs> terrible. All, all of glass that, died. Uh, super it, easy. It's that scene from Princess Bride, right, where they cut to uh, Fred Savage and uh, and Columbo in the in the bedroom, and he's like, "Jesus, Grandpa, why'd you read me this thing?" Exactly, I, that, and that's how I felt that whole. And when they all died, I kept thinking, like, "Wait, is this really the end?" And then and then they give you like the little mini twist there at the end. I guess the, I guess the, the main that, like the thing. And Peter Parker is Spider Man. Yeah, and um, you're like, oh god, okay, whatever. You so, know. do you think I was tempted to believe that this movie, this story, was meant to be told like ten, fifteen years ago? No, I don't think like so. Like pre Marvel, 
And then as we got to it and I saw the conclusion and the kind of like supers superheroes are real, they're a thing, and these Illuminati or whatever are always trying to cover it up for balance. Yeah. I was like I was like, okay, yeah, I can see how that how that fits today. How it's not I, an old where like Unbreakable felt old. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you clearly made this at a time when there were almost no comic book movies being made and the ones that were being made were still really cheesy and right i mean i mean if if somebody came out with unbreakable was out today or was made today i guess and and someone would recognize like that he's got superhero powers he'd be like i'm like this guy i'm totally gonna come out and tell the world he wouldn't be like let's keep it a secret because that's a a no no thing or whatever you know and so i don't think i don't think that the story is is out of time is poorly timed I just think it's it wasn't well told. I agree. I'm a million percent. I was just trying to think of how I was going to say that. I think that the story is fine. I think the or no, sorry, the idea is fine. I think when he came up in the idea room and said, "Okay, here's the idea. Here's what I've I've decided." It just didn't put the meat on the bones. It just did, and the director wasn't great, and, and even like the, the writers ending, weren't great. Even the fact that they all died is okay. Like it's it's not great, but it's because I don't care. Right? It's sort of excusable, but like the idea of like now they've outed that like that's all that's all really interesting. But like you had nothing else for the other ninety minutes of the movie exactly to make it to make it compelling to make. It, I mean, we were watching it right like during and after we ate dinner. We watched this in two sittings, and it was like six o'clock right 6 p.m. I don't normally go to sleep until like 2 or 2:30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's like 6 6:30 and I'm struggling to keep my eyes open. First <laughs> that half says a lot. I'm like this is so slow and boring and like the the only kind of engagement I'm feeling at all is frustration with this condescending doctor character. Right. It it makes and you I, wonder if if uh M. Night Shyamalan should just be just Stick to a career as a pitch man. He should just be a pitch man, mm. right? Like pitch the idea. Here's the cool twist. Okay. Now let's hire a real director and real writers to write a thing because he had good actors. They were doing their best with the roles that they had, but they just didn't have a story and direction and writing. Yeah. Pacing. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. So I put this, I put this, this failure of this movie or failure, whatever you want to call it, the, the bleh of this movie on M. Night Shyamalan. And honestly, I, I appreciate the man's desire to do twists in his movies, but I just don't think I like him. I think I've come to that thing. I like mm-hmm. Sixth Sense because it was the first thing ever, but yeah. I wonder if I watch it now, if it, if I would find it to be as entertaining. Um, because I don't, all the rest of all the rest of his movies have been very, very lackluster. Yeah, 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 I agree. And and he wrecked my favorite series, Air, Air, Airbender. <laughs> With so. Airbender, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so anyway, fi- final judgments on that for me is like a definitely pass. I don't think it's you. You need to watch it. I, if if you watch Unbreakable, like Unbreakable, it's fine. You're not going to get a, a, a better or more of your Unbreakable character in this movie. He doesn't do anything cooler. He's not better. He doesn't progress. 
nothing happens. Yeah, I mean, we did we did the reviews before we started. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't I don't have anything really to add. To that. How about how about how about the boy? How about the, to tag it up? How about the boy? They brought that back the original actor that was a kid as an adult now. Oh yeah, that was that was impressive. <laughs> That's something weird, right? The guy probably hasn't done an acting career since then. Yeah, it's very seldom that you see a child actor succeed as an adult actor or a child actor even be able to act still as an adult like and, and I as think a kid he, they're probably yeah. just acting in their normal kid way and then when right. they're an adult you're like oh first of all this is not how i expected you to be and also you're <laughs> not very good at this yeah right he he was he was oh, he was just as good as he was in the first one yeah right like it's so funny because he had Boy, it's really cool to see that that guy slash kid be there in that role because he had the same darn expressions on his face that he had when he was a kid mm-hmm. of wonderment, of bewilderment, of of stress the whole time. And I was like, man, he he's he's got this role down. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but he's older, which which makes sense. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I will. A little bit of a disappointment for what I, you know, hoped him to get, but we get to see Bruce Willis again. Yeah, yeah. All right, we are getting near the end here. I don't know if we want to start anything else. Well, here's something. You have here this uh, CW thing. Is that a short thing or a? Um, yeah, kind of. Just I guess it's more of a a news thing. We haven't guess had. Uh, yeah, I guess it's okay. Thing. What's the good news, everybody? We should have that. So uh, it's just kind of an interesting. I have not watched the CW shows in a long time, and I know you haven't really watched them either. The, now the, you're talking the about the DC CW shows. Yes, the the Arrowverse, the, Flash and Arrow, and Legends right. of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Supergirl. And yeah, and that and they've got Black Lightning and uh Batwoman, I think is, is coming out now. Mm. So it's funny, they call it the Arrowverse, but Arrow is actually ending this season, so they're not gonna have it's gonna be Arrowverse it without was, Arrow. It was the first one. I watched two and a half seasons of Arrow. Um from the very first episode I was like, Oh, it's Batman except his family's still alive. Yeah, yeah. So it's the, much the, worse. there's a lot to be levied on on Arrow. Um, and I watched, I stuck with it until it synced up with the beginning of Flash. And I was like, oh, Flash looks better because it was a pilot of Flash instead of the middle of season two of Arrow. And mm-hmm. it took, you know, half a season of Flash and the other like half of season three of Arrow where both of those shows, I was just like, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's too ridiculous. I'm too tired of, uh, endless romantic frustrations <laughs> it's terrible well they I, I will say that i i think i stuck with it a little longer i didn't stay with arrow as long i think i watched one and a half seasons and i was like this is, i felt exactly how you felt mm-hmm. and then i watched the flash and season one was nice because it was very flash like the comic books and i was like this is really not like the stories but like the the demeanor and the attitude and the, the pluckiness and i was like Okay, this is good. And then they went all straight down the toilet downhill with that idea yeah. back into the Arrowverse. Uh, same thing with Supergirl. I watched season one and it was like really difficult because it was just what it was. Um, and I then I just an episode and a half of that with my sister and 
with the first episode, I was okay. Halfway through the second episode, I was looking at stuff on my phone. I'm like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, this is so. Boring. So it's it's very much that all of the CW shows are pretty much like, which is you know what? That's just not for you and I, Dennis. They're just not for you, for us, which is which is okay. They're, they're they have an audience, and that's good for them. And and those people get to like just love love a heyday of these crossovers, which is the point of this little thing I want to bring up here real quick is that they do something that I actually think is really cool. They've got this; it's a cinematic universe, but on the you know on the TV. Um, there's different shows and they cross over and they, they see each other and they interact and that's really kind of cool. A, would you call it a telematic universe? Nice, nice. nice. Or a streamatic? <laughs> that's right. I don't I, know. I got I nothing. D- DC not extended universe? I don't even know. Right, right. <laughs> right. So, uh, but that's cool, right? Like if you've got your favorite shows and they kind of cross over with each other, that's pretty cool. Um. If, if well, that was thing. what sort of gave me enough motivation to keep watching Arrow is that I watched the pilot of Flash and saw, or I got it, I got far enough into Arrow where they first did a crossover episode or something. I don't remember. I heard that they were doing crossovers and so skipped ahead and watched a little bit of, of Flash and I was like, oh, well, if they're going to bring in a whole nother show and do this crossover stuff, that could be really interesting. It, and it, it actually is, was, yeah. Not enough to keep me watching both. No, those no, and, and that's that's shows. the real trick is that is that uh, I think the crossovers are some of the neatest parts about it. I really enjoyed every time that Supergirl crossed over to Flash. That was really fun, mm. and and they um and that's what got me to watch several things. Uh, but like you said, all the stuff in between, not even close to worth it for me. But the point here is that it became not just a a um. Uh, these are all shot in Vancouver and therefore that's why they could right. do these crossovers. So because they're all in the yeah. same sets and um, they, they have not just said, okay, we're going to occasionally uh, we'll just plan one or two episodes. They said, okay, let's make this a thing. Let's make it an event in the, the, the viewing. Cause this is on television on cable. It's not on like streaming or something where we, we will make a planned three episode ish arc and it will three episodes or two episodes in every one of the series is will be devoted to a crossover and they will have, and they will have one storyline that will happen. Um, so it's an event that happens and it takes all of, all of the people from all of the places to, to happen, uh, which is pretty cool. I I actually never watched any of them, but I, it sounds so interesting that I wish that I can, I want to just be able to, (laughs) to to see those. Um, is there somewhere, can I go online and just get a summary of the, like two paragraphs of, of important plot that I need to. Yeah, exactly. To Just go into this. to go into this. I, I, it's uh, interesting to consider since we mentioned this offhandedly last week, the idea of um, Disney and Marvel doing these kind of hybrid crossovers mm-hmm. with the Disney plus service with their movies. Um, right. And we'll see. I mean, in general, the Marvel properties have been more successful than the DC properties across the board. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see, but right. you know, well, but this is a Agents, neat, this is a Agents neat of idea. Shield was not was not universally loved. So. No, and and, and the, the reason they can do this, like I said, is because they're all in Vancouver. That's this all CW thing shoots the same spot, and it's sure. how it works. But but the, the the long short of this though is that these they what they do is, and I would was knew how they happened because I was watching Flash one season, and then he would. One episode, all of a sudden, like Supergirl would come through and say, hey, this thing is happening and the Nazis and alternate whatever plot point, (laughs) plot point, plot point. I need your help. And Flash is like, "Okay." And then they go and they battle these things. But then it leaves on a cliffhanger 
And then the next episode comes and it has advanced like four episodes ahead and you didn't know what happened. And then the next episode, all of a sudden, you're no longer with Supergirl anymore. What it was is that you have to go watch the Arrow episode and then the Supergirl episode right. and then the Legends of Tomorrow episode and then come back to Flash and then see. So they did, which is super cool. Okay. I think if you're a fan of all those, I bet you it's like the best. Sure. And, and they do that every season. Okay. So, although I'm trying to cut short on time here real quick. This okay. season's is super neat because they're doing something called the Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline. And in the DC world, that's basically... uh they discover the multiverse that there is, you know, infinite number of Supermans, infinite number right. of Justice Leagues, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, I don't know the whole storyline of Christ on Infinite Earths, but it's basically has to do with bringing different Supermans, Wonder Woman's versions of things together and seeing them. Um, okay. This is doing the same kind of thing. And I don't know what the MacGuffin or plot device is in this, <laughs> but you're they're going in this season of the CW crossovers, they're going to be visiting different multiverses and you'll see different versions of the characters. Okay. That's not a big deal. That's kind of cool. But the real big thing is that you're going to see, they are going really off the wall here. You're going to see different versions of CD, C or DCWB characters that have been established. Namely Brandon Ruth, who played Superman in the movies, the movies, he's playing Superman. They're going to go to the, the multiverse where he's oh. Superman. So where, so that's like a multiverse, right? Mm -hmm. So the CW multiverse is crossing over with the old Superman universe with Brandon right. Ruth, the Superman. And then there used to be a nineties show called the birds of prey, which was Oracle and Huntress and whatever. Right. And they're, the actors are coming. The actresses are coming back to play those characters in that multiverse on the CW shows. That's interesting, because they've had some of those characters in Arrow. Right. And the guy from, uh, I guess, Smallville? I want to say the small, yeah, the Smallville character who was Superman that never got to really turn into Superman is playing. Right. They're, play, they're crossing into his, the Smallville universe. Interesting. So it's all these TV shows that were all CW slash movies yeah, slash DC an, stuff. That's an ambitious uh, uh, sort of thing to do. Right? I mean, that's just to come back and. Again, like I said, just set me up. Tell me what I need to know. Watch going into this. Or a little <laughs> synopsis. And then I'll watch these six episodes. This would be super fun. Um, yes. Just to see that stuff. And they do. They got all these actors, actors and actresses coming back. So I think that's pretty cool. And like I said, CW is not our thing. But it is for a lot of people, and I, sure. I hope that they can keep going for as long as they can keep going. And good on them. And you know what? The actors, actors and actresses, genuinely love doing it. So yeah, for sure. Good, for sure. good on them with their crappy wigs. And I, uh, <laughs> I just last night finished uh, the last season of Orange Is the New Black, and they have a a series of videos during the credits where they show a bunch of the actors and it's actresses mostly. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because some of these characters are, you know, they take a dark turn or they were always kind of hateable. Yeah. And, um, you know, you see just the actors and they're like waving to the audience and the fans. And they're, you know, at the end of this eight year, at least eight year journey of doing mm -hmm. this show. And you're like, yeah, it's nice to just get a little glimpse into that, into that world and see that whatever you thought about the story, like it was, you know, had a huge impact on these people's lives who, who yeah. made it. 
and we're we're a part of it all these years. While we're over time here, real quick, did you did you like the ending? Did it feel satisfactory since you've probably seen all the episodes of them, the series? I quit around after like season two or three. Uh, It did it give you you a good did it give you a good closure for you? It did. They wrapped up a lot of it. A lot of it wasn't wrapped up, which sort of fits to the story. It's always been sort of like here's this sort of crazy um like train wreck can't look away kind of thing but also somewhere behind the scene not behind the scenes or just below the surface in a way that was usually done in a way that I didn't notice um is is some kind of social commentary or commentary on the criminal justice system the prison system or um some of those things where like something would happen and I'm like, Oh, if somebody in a Ted talk or documentary tried to lecture me about this reality, I would tune out and stop listening. But the way they presented it in the show came across in a way where I got it, or at least got a sense of it, you know, being completely different, you know, gender and race than, than the person involved. Okay. Um, some of that in the last season got a little too heavy handed for me. Yeah. Um, but they got to the end. The stories were mostly wrapped up. There was some tragedy and some triumph. Which that's is a good. really pretentious thing to say, but, um, well, that, I yeah. mean, that, that's kind of a good thing. Sometimes you have a little both. Yeah. Not all tragedy, not all triumph, but right. Bittersweet type thing. Not everything was wrapped up, but would you, th- the- would you say that at the end the the series was worth it? Like that's a, because some things would be like, oh, it petered out. Others would be like, I, it's a good whole thing. You feel good it about had, the whole series? It had highs and lows, um, but overall, I'm, you know, I'm glad that I watched it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It's one you would recommend, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're, you got to be in the right mood for it. It's a, it's sometimes challenging. <laughs> right. How, how many? There was a lot of seasons. They ended up. This, like this that, was right? season eight. Wow, that's so many. Yeah. Oh. I really did miss out on a lot. <laughs> All right, so we're good. Got it. We're good. We're we're wrapped up. We're up to an hour and forty again. This is what happens when we don't have clear topics, or when, <laughs> we just when somebody have some doesn't talking. watch the movie. Yeah. The All right. Yeah. Got me. So again. no no movie for next week. We will talk about Mean Girls next. Right. Week. I'll I'll finally learn what fetch is. That's right. That's right. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 110. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, check out our other podcast, KlingonsAndDragons.com. It is a Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast set in the uh, Star Trek Adventures living campaign put out mm-hmm. by Modifius Entertainment. It's not safe for work. Don't put it on with kids in the car. If you have questions or comments, feedback on the show, if you're playing along with our movie challenge or if you want to tell us everything we are wrong about glass or the boys and you're still using email you can do so at frontporchpod at gmail.com over on our website frontporchpodcast.com we've got contact forms we've got comment boxes on every episode if you're so inclined um we've got the schedule for the 100 movies our 2020 challenge uh, it's mm-hmm. fairly reliable right if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks as always for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. Night, everybody.
See you next time.